Welcome to our series, Behind the Scenes, the podcast that takes you deeper into the stories from our national partners in the national church worldwide. Ron has sat with incredible men and women of God and listened to their testimonies, and this podcast is a glimpse behind the scenes of his many adventures. The title of today's story is simple and I think a little bit mysterious. It's just Snowman. So what do you have to tell us? Well, this happened many years ago, and I was in China, and we were interviewing house church pastors. And this one brother comes in, and he sits down, and uh, and he was, oh, I wouldn't say, you could, you could tell he lived in a farming community. Let's put it that okay. way. And he had a work coat on, uh, big boots, et cetera, et cetera. He, he wasn't a city boy. I can tell you that <laughs> much right now. He was a, He was a country lad. And so he comes in, he sits down there, and he had quite a sense of humor. And so we got talking a little bit about what he did, and then somehow in the conversation, it was a question of, how did you get into ministry? And that's when his story came out, which I will tell you. And this was a while back, and he was pastoring in a village, and I've been in this village, actually, um, where he experienced this. And... Um, he was he was witnessing all the time, winning a lot of people to the Lord. He was a leader in the house church movement, all of this. And the police brought him in one time. And they wanted to break him. They wanted him to be an example. And they what they did, they brought him into the jail. And they tried to torture him, basically, mm. to break as to where they were getting Bibles, um, who the leadership were, what his activities were, all the They wanted sort of the things. inside information. They wanted all the inside yeah. information that was going to hurt people and mm-hmm. hurt the church. Well, he wouldn't give it to them. This man is stubborn, mm-hmm. and I've known him for years <laughs> How now. old was he at the time? Oh, like, I'm going to suggest that he was like early 20s, okay. 25, something mm-hmm. like that. And um, so when we were, we were um, sitting around, and, and I, I still remember me asking him one s- simple question. I, I said to him, well, did you give in? And did you tell him anything? And he snapped his head over <laughs> and threw the translator and said, well, no, of course not. And uh, he says, then he went on to tell me the rest of the story. He says, they couldn't break me. So they brought in this professional torture from the army, the Chinese army. And this man came in. He lined up all the guards along the wall in the cell where they were holding snowman. Mm-hmm. And the, he held up a, a piece of rope. And he held up this piece of rope, and he said, with this one piece of rope, I will show you how to torture this man and break him. So he was using it as a training exercise? It was a training exercise. <laughs> oh they were He was tra- being—Snowman was the object of this lesson as to how to torture. Wow. So, oh, dear. So they took him, and the, this guy, this uh, professional torturer, took him and twisted him with the ropes in his body as he hung up on a beam. And they hung him there by the rope and his arms and everything. And all his body was mm. contorted and twisted. He says it was excruciating pain. Mm. They kept him there for hours and hours and hours. Finally, they took an electric cattle prod to him. And they tried to, through shocks that were induced, and they're serious stuff, um, they tried to break him that way. Well, he wouldn't break. Well, this was embarrassing for this professional torturer. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, finally, what we'll do then is we will just put him outside in a blizzard that mm-hmm. was going on outside. We'll put him outside and see how he likes that. 
So they took him out and put him on a concrete bench, sub-sub-zero weather, with just his uh, whatever clothes he had on, right. not even a coat, and they just put him out there all wrapped up in these knots oh. and in these ropes, put him on this, and they thought he'd be dead by morning. So they left him there all night, and they kept checking on every once in a while, and he was still breathing. They were amazed. And here he is. Um, uh, he, he, he lasted through the morning, and they called him the God Man, and that was his nickname wow. in the prison. And so I, I, said, uh, I said to him, what was it like? Like, I was amazed by this story, and I was asking the stupidest questions. <laughs> and, and I said to him, I said, so what was it like? And he says, it was cold. <laughs> like, it was really cold. And he, and he, and he comes at, back at me with, well, you dummy, you know. And, uh, and, but it's amazing. It oh, it really is. It is incredible. And, and they let him out, uh, cut him loose. And, the, oh, I remember the other thing. And when they arrested him, he was on his bike, and they took the bike to the police station. So after they released him, he went home. And then he came back a day or so later, if I remember correctly, and he was fighting with them for his bike. Wow. He would not let it go. He says, you stole my bike. <laughs> no, go home. You've got my bike. And, uh, and he, he needed that bike. <laughs> and, and these guys uh, are built that way, sort of like, you can torture me, you can try and get this yeah. information, but that is my bike. Wow. And— uh, we became friends after that. I bet. And, uh, Didn't they release him because they were frustrated that they just couldn't yeah. get anything out of him? Well, so I was were, about to it, ask, why did they release him? Uh, they just thought he was the God man. That this was a miracle. Yeah, it was. Um, and they could see that. Oh, yeah. Afterwards, um, we got to be friends. And um, he's one of my best buddies now when in all of China. Mm -hmm. And he's, um, he's the head of a larger operation there. And so uh, I said to him, and years later, I said, so— did you learn anything? He says, yeah. He says, I was laying there, and he says, I think I was near death, and God protected me, even through the cold. But he says he received at that time an incredible burden for the church and burden for the lost. In that time when he was being um, tortured, the pain, the suffering, and all that, it's like the Holy Spirit came and ministered to him right at the edge of death. And he he changed at that moment in time. He changed from a good, strong worker to an un, unbelievable force for the kingdom. Mm. And his determination, his love, everything deepened that night when he was mm. on that bench. Wow! And so uh, he right now is a is a is a good buddy. He's one of the leaders in China. And uh, well, oh, here's the other part too. I should throw this one in. Um, one day I visited him in his uh, village we went in. This is a few years back. And we were visiting him and his wife, and we call his wife Snowflake. <laughs> and so um, we were visiting in the village, and I still remember going and looking in this. Oh, it, was a, it was a house with a wall around it and a sort of like a barn. And uh, I was there, and I had to go to the washroom, and I said, um, have you had a washroom? He says, we use the barn. So I was there with the cattle and uh, in the barn. And then I went back. We had supper. And we were going to go to a church meeting that night. Met his aunt, wonderful lady. Um, and then his mom and dad. His dad was 71 years old. Had started 70 churches. Mm -hmm. And he still had his bicycle. And he got around on a little bicycle, three-wheel bicycle. Mm -hmm. And so we were sitting there. And I said, so your movement now, it's in the millions 
I said, where did it start? He says, in the barn where you just went to the bathroom. <laughs> and uh, I said, really? <laughs> and he said, yeah, a bunch of us guys gathered there one time and amongst the animals and it was the only safe place we could gather and we just started the whole movement there. Mm. I said, wow, that is really something. So it, it, this is... This is God working through the simple things of life, taking ordinary people, farmers, everything like that, infusing them with his Holy Spirit, giving them experiences that deepen their commitment to God. And then out of that is formed the Church of Jesus Christ, Mm. which is a force to be reckoned with in the world. Mm -hmm. And you can try to torture us. You can try to break us. What shall separate us from the love of God? Nothing. 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 You know, it's similar to a story we told recently uh, in behind the scenes of that Indian pastor in the slums and uh, just one person with a simple faith, but wow, the power behind it. Oh, yeah. It's something We underestimate so much the anointing and the power of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And we um, we never imagine that people can be so transformed. And you look in the Bible and you look at guys like Peter. You look at Paul. Mm-hmm. You look at Stephen, stoned to death. You look at all of these individuals in the Bible and you say to yourself, ah, oh, yeah, but they were exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. No, they were part of the rule. In other words, that is possible for each and every one of us mm-hmm. to be anointed, to be um, broken, to become bond servants, to have all this as the same thing God wants to do for us as he's done for people all over the world throughout all time. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I just, I don't like people saying, oh, yeah, but that was special. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. That's the norm. The book of Acts was put out there not to be a story that amazes us. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a pattern for what is possible. Wow, yeah. And there is the difference of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. Actually, the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles really right. is what it was. So it's an example to us. Uh, totally. Right. Wow. Okay, well... Um, That was great. I love behind the scenes. So exciting. (laughs) Thank you, Ron and Karis.